Deputy Premier and Minister for Finance and Economic Development, the Honourable Chris Saunders, today presented the Cayman Islands government's unaudited financial report for the two-month period ending the 28th of February to Cabinet. He says for the first time in the island's history, the net assets reached the CI $2 billion mark, achieved with total assets of $3 billion and total liabilities of $1 billion. Included in total assets were property, plants and equipment valued at CI $2 billion and bank balances of five. 142.2 million CI as of the 28th of February. Bank balances comprised of CI 367.6 million in operating bank balances, which government can freely use for its day-to-day operations, and CI 174.6 million held as reserve and restricted deposits, the use of which requires authorization by parliament or its committees. Finance Committee, by the way, is scheduled for tomorrow. And on the agenda, funds for displaced tourism employees participating in the stipend program and the Tourism Recovery Grant Program. Once the funds are approved, the Ministry of Border Control and Labor is expecting to process all stipend payments for March on the 22nd. Recipients who are currently not employed will receive $1,500. And recipients who have transitioned to the Tourism Recovery Grant Program, because they are employed, they'll receive $750 for March. More reaction today to Monday's Privy Council decision that Cayman's Bill of Rights does not provide for same-sex marriage. The Human Rights Commission today says the decision provides welcome guidance and clarification on the interpretation of the Bill of Rights, but also has significant implications for members of the LGBTQ community. The HRC notes the Privy Council judgment does not prevent our parliament from introducing legislation recognizing same-sex marriage calling it a, quote, important policy consideration for the elected government seeking to address inequality between same-sex and heterosexual couples. The HRC notes the Privy Council judgment does not prevent our parliament from introducing legislation recognizing same-sex marriage, calling it a, quote, important policy consideration for the elected government seeking to address inequality between same and heterosexual couples. We also have perspective from the leader of the opposition and political leader of the progressives, the Honorable Roy McTaggart. Radio Cayman's John Anglin has more. For context, it was under the prior progressives-led government that the same-sex marriage issue came to the forefront in the courts as Chantelle Day and Vicky Baden-Bush fought to have the same rights as opposite-sex couples. The opposition leader says his government brought the Domestic Partnership Bill to Parliament aimed at providing legal protections to same-sex couples similar to marriage. The events unfolded as they did, and the Domestic Partnership Bill failed passage in Parliament by one vote. Mr. McTaggart noted all current members of the Progressives' opposition voted for the bill. The introduction of the Domestic Partnership Bill was the right thing to do as a society that values each and every person within it, regardless of race, creed, gender, or sexual orientation. The opposition leader says it remains the view of the progressives that Parliament abdicated its responsibility under the law in contravention of an explicit declaration of the Court of Appeal to provide same-sex couples with necessary protections. The UK then instructed the governor to bring the Civil Partnership Act 2020 into law using his powers under Section 81 of the Constitution. With this ruling, I pray that the Civil Partnership Act will be accepted by the entire community as a law of the land and will end the harmful rhetoric that has unfortunately characterized some of the public debate. I suspect that, as has happened in the UK and elsewhere, 
Over time, most Caymanians may come to accept same-sex marriage. Should this be the case, then it would be right for the Parliament to bring about this and not a court of law. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. Mr. McTaggart says an unfortunate consequence of Parliament not passing domestic partnership legislation on its own resulted in the UK changing its mind about removing the power of an unelected governor to make laws for the islands under Section 81 of the Constitution. Fire crews get some new tools to help them battle local blazes. CITTV's Donna Bush speaks with Designate Fire Service Chief Randy Rankin. Well, the Cayman Islands Fire Service has acquired two additional Oshkosh Striker Aviation fire trucks as part of an ongoing fleet modernization plan. Well, I think this puts us in a great position with the arrival of these two additional strikers that I see the three from last year to, to put us in a position where we're, for the next 10 to 15 years, in a, we're, we're second to none in the world in regards to aviation, firefighting, and rescue. Acting Chief uh, Officer for the Ministry of Home Affairs, Michael Ebank, says the enhanced capability is primarily aimed at facilitating larger aircraft like the British Airways 777 aircraft, which regularly arrives and departs from Grand Cayman and is welcomed by the Cayman Islands Fire Service and their key aviation partners, the CAA and CIAA. The two new trucks are equipped with uh, state-of-the-art technology that will allow the CIFS to provide a more efficient and effective rapid response service to airport operations with a response time of 0 to 50 miles per hour in 32 seconds. Now, fire officials say they're working with Oshkosh partners to ensure officers are trained effectively with new improved fire and rescue techniques. Designate Chief of Fire Officer Dwight Randy Rankin says he is immensely proud of his fire service colleagues who have worked tirelessly to make this happen and congratulates them on successfully replacing the aviation fleet over the past two years. With a fleet of five Oshkosh strikers, the service now has the equipment and vehicles to provide a first-class aviation fire and rescue service and support the Cayman Islands government's vision for a world-class civil service. The Office of Education Standards is continuing to make the rounds after postponing full school inspections last year because of COVID. On February 16th, they made a one-day thematic visit to Cayman Learning Center to see how they fared in the pandemic. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller reports. During the visit, the OES found no significant concerns. Senior leaders and staff have placed an emphasis on student well-being, embedding social, emotional programs and mindfulness activities. They also work together to support each other and cover staff absences. Inspectors found that staff in isolation who were well enough did teach students online. And during the pandemic, additional time for daily planning and professional development had been scheduled to help alleviate some of the pressure on teachers. However, inspectors noted that staff absences and facilitating one-to-one -one online lessons with students is now negatively impacting the time. All staff and students at the school followed COVID-19 safety protocols during the visit. A one-way traffic direction system through the school has been implemented to avoid congestion and ensure proper distancing. All students who required mental health support had this provision available through mental health service providers outside of the schools. While teachers reported to inspectors that they felt supported to have time off to seek out mental health support, they did say that they would have appreciated more information regarding their options. There was an expectation that students in isolation who were well enough to participate in learning activities would attend live sessions throughout the day. In some of these classes, they were synchronous, and in others, it was one-on-one -on -one sessions with their teachers. At times, staff were not always able to provide the daily sessions due to staff absences 
or other demands on the school. COVID-19 and related topics were openly discussed at the school, and teachers reported that the students displayed much less anxiety regarding COVID at this time. While staff and senior leaders expressed that each person collaborated to cover staff absences, only about 20% of the staff responded positively to the inspector's survey regarding the school having sufficient staff to deliver the curriculum effectively during the pandemic. Going forward, there are some COVID strategies the school intends to keep, including the use of online learning platforms, online professional development, and additional provision for well-being to help develop students' ability to self-regulate and, quote, achieve inner calm. Reporting for Radio K-Man News, I'm Carsley Fuller. To see all the thematic letters written by inspectors so far this round, visit oes.gov.ky. We aim to continue to positively impact the health of our women, by extension, our entire community. That's Health Services Authority CEO Lizette Yearwood speaking at the 10th Annual Women's Healthcare Conference Friday at the Marriott. During the event, she shared the HSA's plans to improve its women's health services. This year, we will be expanding our services to include a dedicated center for women's and child health, bringing together all related services into a single building on the main hospital campus with extended operating hours. Ms. Yearwood says the HSA is also investing in the expansion of its capacity for maternity and neonate services. I'm also pleased to announce that at the HSE, a team of young qualified Caymanians are currently undertaking innovative work in genome sequencing to determine breast cancer risk assessment, which will lead to earlier diagnosis and preventative intervention, improving health outcomes. In a few weeks, the HSA is expected to fully open all outpatient services at the new Smith Road Medical Center location. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings.